0: Hello and welcome to episode 92 of Feckin' Metal, I am your host Fergal Trainer. As I speak here, recording this introduction, it's the 31st of January. As this episode is released, it's probably going to be the 1st of February. But you know what? We made it. We made it to the end of January. Well done everybody, I hope you had a good one. I almost didn't make it, of course. I uh, last week spilled some Guinness on the USB slots of my desktop PC. Uh, it was touch and go there for a while, and frankly, I'm surprised I've never done it before, but the trusty hairdryer came to the rescue, and I was able to um, dry away the stout from my computer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And uh, yeah, it was grand actually then, so I'm happy that that was okay, but there was a period of time there when I was getting that USB connection sound, you know, when you, let's say you plug into your phone to your computer or something like that, and you get that doo sound. It's happening over and over and over again when there was no device plugged into the USB port. But luckily for me, the old hairdryer trick worked. Obviously, a desktop PC is too large to insert into a container of rice. You'd have to have a lot of rice and a very large container. Although George was telling me recently that the old phone in a container of rice trick worked for him in the past. Never worked for me. I just thought it was an old wives tale. But anyway, there you go. So, um, Yeah. As we finish out January, I'm finishing out my series with George Solano, where we looked back on 2023 and covered off some of the gigs and festivals and EPs and albums that we very much enjoyed from that year, which has now passed. And this is going to be the final part of a lengthy conversation I had with George back on the 13th of January, a conversation which went almost four hours, and this is the final part of that. So, yeah, no long intro this time. This is a long enough episode. I do wish to address one error which I made. On the episode in the entire format of the episode so we were supposed to be looking at releases from 2023 and later on in this episode you'll hear me talking about the ep released by amethyst called rock knights which i claim was released in 2023 but what i found out was actually released on the 28th of december 2022 and physical releases followed in 2023 so yeah i did think of hanging up my podcasting boots when i realized that i'd made that error yeah, but then I realized that I've actually nowhere to hang my boots or I do not possess any boot hanging apparatus. So I'm afraid you're stuck at me. Anyway, here we go. This is the final part of my chat with George from back earlier in January. I hope you enjoy We're covering off the final few albums and EPs that we enjoyed in 2023. Anyway, I think I spent more than enough time talking about By Fire and Sword. So I'm going to pass it over to you for you to talk about one of your highlights of 2023. George,
1: we've been making a good uh, set of transitions during this episode. You know, to go from Bergfried, which was a little more, a little more serious themes of Christianity, to By Fire and Sword, which is uh, Christianity themed but in a more joking manner. And now you just played some black metal, so uh, why don't we get a little bit of death metal in here too? I've already talked enough about how. It was such a great year for death metal. And then I think it's about time that we highlighted one of those bands. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to play Dying Fetus. I'm going to pick a band that I think would be a little more palatable to the feckin' metal fan base. And uh, these guys are called Tomb Mold. They're from Toronto. They started putting out music in 2016, but they had a four-year gap since their last album. And they're back with something pretty different than their old material, now performing a style of progressive death metal with a lot of clean guitars and ambient-sounding passages. And if you wouldn't mind, uh, I'm going to ask you to play a clip.
0: Yeah, sure. What do you want?
1: Okay, it's called Will, W-I-L-L, of Whispers, uh, from Three and a Half Minutes.
0: Okay. Okay. of a nice instrumental passage there. Yeah, I can hear some death growls kind of coming in there too, but um not what I would have expected from one of your death metal highlights of the year.
1: Yeah, it's not the cannibal corpse style of death metal. This is I think a shining example of how you can have music that's extremely heavy and simultaneously beautiful in the same song. And I mean, the death growls for a lot of people that's never going to be your cup of tea. But it, to me, a song like this is a great uh, way to show just what death metal could be, especially when you get past the vocals and you start looking into some really innovative sounding music. Uh, and it's, I, I think I speak for a lot of metalheads I've talked to when I say mm. that they would enjoy death metal, if not for the vocal style that they can't get into.
0: That's it. And that's always been it for me. And I kind of made an exception with Opet. I do quite like Opet or I did listen to them quite a bit uh, a few years ago. I've kind of fallen off that now. And actually, I quite like their new proggy direction as well. But I'd like the older stuff as well with the death growls, too. But to me, it was I could always kind of quite clearly. Well, not always quite clearly, but I think for the most part, I could make out what Michael Ackerfeld was saying, especially if I was looking at the lyrics like. But even sometimes when I wasn't, and I think even with with some other death metal, even when you're looking at the lyrics, <laughs> it still doesn't it's still kind of incomprehensible to me, like I I understand what they're going for. And I know like the likes of Quinn and, and volume for all will argue like, you know, the vocals are just another instrument. It's not necessarily about the lyrics and you need to make peace with the fact that what you're hearing vocally is another instrument in the band. But to me, music has always been driven by singing and melody and everything else is kind of secondary. And I have never been able to get past that. So that's me.
1: Yeah. And that's okay. But Hey, I mean, it seems like you enjoyed that little clip that you heard, you know, it's not the hounding you over the head kind of death metal. It's more of a thinking man's kind of death metal with some complexity in the melodies. And I mean, despite the vocals, I think, if you can get past that, then there's a lot of good stuff going on in that music.
0: Yeah, I am. It's, it, it's the key thing there is if you can get past that. And I suppose I have never really put in too much time in trying to get past that.
1: Yeah. And I think that's fair too. You know, the listening experience is very individual and we all like what we like, but Hey, I, and I bet for a lot of Feck and metal listeners too, that, that, tomb mold song is a little bit something different outside their wheelhouse and maybe someone will hear that and say wow that's different and cool i'm gonna go listen to more and if you choose not to that's okay too
0: they probably will can i ask you a question about death metal actually how did you get into it and what was the process like did you listen to something and love it immediately or Did somebody suggest to you that you might like this if you listen to it a lot, or how did it go?
1: Yeah, I think my first experiences listening to death metal were uh, online radio stations, and I heard some of those classic bands like Deicide and Cannibal Corpse, and the first time I heard the vocals, I thought this is the worst thing ever. How does (laughs) anyone ever listen to this? And, uh, you know, I thought that for a couple years, and At a certain point, I heard Cannibal Corpse again, and uh, I was at the point now where I was listening to a lot of thrash metal, and then uh, death metal was something where I felt, I really like this music, but I don't like the vocals, but the music is so good that I'm going to listen to it anyway. Mm. And then at a certain point, I uh, made friends with a death metal vocalist in a local band, and he talked to me about all the techniques he has to use, the warm-ups that he does, and how he has to manipulate his voice in order to not put strain on his throat and his vocal cords. And at that point, I started to see, well, there's a technique that this has, and it doesn't take any less talent to growl than it does to sing. It's just a very different style. And then I started to appreciate the talent that goes into those vocals as well. And uh, listen, it's for a lot of people that will never be your cup of tea and that's okay. But Mm. when people say it takes no talent to growl, that's something that is just definitely not true. There's a method to that madness. There's some singers that do it much better than others.
0: That's not something I would ever say. I would say it takes considerable amount of effort to growl. I wouldn't be able to sing like that for two minutes. I've tried to do some Tom White's cover versions on uh, a karaoke app in the past. And even that was too much for my vocal cords. So (laughs) I can only imagine what it's like to try and death grill. But while you were telling me your story of getting into death metal there, there was kind of one piece missing at the end. So you were talking about not liking the vocals, um, listening to it again, liking the music, even though you didn't like the vocals, getting to know someone and appreciating the effort that went into the vocals. But did it ever get to a point where you liked the vocals?
1: Now I now I do, for sure. Uh, it did take my friend pointing out the sort of the talent that goes into it. And then as I listened to more of the genre and I started to see, Uh, This guy's growl is much stronger than this guy's. This other guy is weak. And then, yeah, so uh, when you get someone like George Fisher from Cannibal Corpse, who is well-known for being at sort of the top of the class in growling, like he enunciates his syllables much more clearly than other vocalists, and the growls themselves are of a low register that it matches with the music i hope i'm doing a decent enough job of explaining it
0: no you are yeah okay so i mean okay after a certain point you started to like the vocals okay because that to me is just it's so far beyond any music that i like or any vocal delivery that i like that i just can't imagine ever liking the vocals but then as i'm saying that I remember really disliking the vocals in Sirithungal when I first listened to it. And I've now come to appreciate those. It took me listening to more modern Sirithungal live stuff and then going back to those original albums. I've said this before in the past, but anyway, it bears repeating here. It took me doing that and then eventually going back and listening to Frost and Fire and, you know, um, whatever, uh, One Foot in Hell, whatever, and um, listening to those albums again through the prism of I've appreciated this in this form format or this form, and now I can kind of appreciate it here. So I'm open to change as well. It just hasn't happened for me yet. But small little things like even the fact of me listening to Sarah now is probably a huge shift from me five years ago. So, you know, maybe there is <laughs> maybe there's hope <laughs> for a death metal. Who knows? Oh, man.
1: Uh, I mean, you can already tolerate the growling in Opeth and at some stage you may find another band where you just like the music enough to tolerate growling again.
0: Mm, True. True. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, nice. It's nice to talk about that because I don't often talk about death metal on FACA metal. So it's good to hear your perspective And I appreciate your honesty and the kind of you talking about the path it took to get you to where you are. So that was interesting. Um, Now for something completely different. I'm going to talk about one of my other picks for 2023. This is Heavy Load, Riders of the Ancient Storm. So just a bit of a background on Heavy Load to anyone who isn't familiar with them. They're from Sweden. They were part of the first wave of Swedish heavy metal. Came about in the late 1970s. um, Had an EP and... uh, three albums, and then kind of disappeared off the face of the earth in the mid 80s. So they eventually got back together in 2018, and they did a number of festivals. They played at Sweden Rock, they played at Up the Hammers, and they played at Keep It True. Now, those were the only three gigs that they did, so after a long long period of waiting they got back together to did three gigs and everyone was delighted you know the underground heavy metal fans were delighted to see heavy load play again it wasn't exactly the same lineup as had played most recently in the 80s but it was pretty close and they played all the old hits and everything but then there was nothing there was no word about any future gigs uh, Apparently at the time they were also kind of working on a new album, they did reissue some of their albums, they reissued uh, Death or Glory and they reissued Stronger Than Evil, but then even the planned reissues stopped. So, you know, they had a lot of plans when they got back together, they were going to release a new album, they were going to reissue all the old albums, kind of stopped at two, but they were really good reissues, they contained like lots of unreleased tracks and, you know, they were remastered, but... It kind of just stopped and then COVID happened and then, you know, nothing happened for two years, as everybody knows. Then at Keep It True in 2023, they were announced as a late edition signing session at the event and um, it, it transpired anyway that they... Where they'd released a new single. They were going to release a new album. Um, the Keep It True Festival was the release date of the album. They were going to make the album available at Keep It True, et cetera, et cetera. So Heavy Loader back, basically. It's the first album they've released since 1983, Stronger Than Evil. Um, This is called Writers of the Ancient Storm. So it's been a long time coming for a lot of people. And the opening track on the album was the first song that was released as a single. That's the one I want to play today. Initially, when I heard it, I wasn't quite sure what to make of it because Heavy Load had this kind of style of music where it has this, you know that Japanese word ennui, where there's a kind of inherent sadness to it?
1: Not familiar with the word, but... I hear what you're saying that there's an inherent sadness to it.
0: So, so, so it's kind of described as a feeling of listlessness or dissatisfaction. And I was talking to my friend Chris about this when we were talking about Gotham City, and we were saying that they had that as well. It's kind of a. a It's maybe kind of a hallmark of of Swedish metal from the time where the music can be upbeat and in many cases fast, but there's a sadness there. And we were kind of linking it back to Phil Linnett as well and Thin Lizzy where, yeah, he said like he sounds forlorn on some of the songs, even though these are kind of heavy rock songs and they're upbeat and they're, they're kind of, they might be fast in tempo. But there's a kind of forlorn sounding vocal delivery to them and heavy loads certainly had that in their songs and Gotham City certainly have it as well and um, it's it's kind of like it's, it's not a very common thing it's not a very common trait uh, amongst heavy metal from the 80s you know to have that kind of inherent sadness underpinning the songs and this song is
1: more of an upbeat genre
0: yes exactly and this song the new song um, Ride the Night didn't really sound like that to me when I first listened to it so I was kind of thinking oh this sounds kind of like maybe power metal from the 2000s or 2010s didn't think it was bad but the more and more i listened to it and the more i looked at the lyrics the more i realized that it was quite closely linked with the old heavy load and it shared more with the older songs than i realized the first so this is the song ride the night after that long intro i'm just going to play the intro for a few seconds then i'm going to stop and then we're going to go into the verse so yeah this is ride the night (laughs) Right. So when I first heard that opening, kind of harmony, that, those riffs, and you know that kind of build up to the verse, I was like, oh, this is pretty good. But um, I was also kind of thinking that intro was a bit, I don't know, Euro Paramedly, that's, that's the feeling I was getting. I don't know what you'd take from that, or have you listened to this separately yourself, George?
1: I've listened to it a little bit, uh, probably only one or two lessons, and it didn't really stick with me, but I know that this is a very loved album, so... I think I owe it a little bit more time than I've given it. And that clip you played, that was very catchy vocals.
0: Mm. Okay, so I'm gonna go into the second verse here, so give me one second. So I think the thing I wasn't sure whether or not it was present upon multiple listens, I feel that it actually really is there. If you listen to those lyrics, I've got death by my side, each curve every mile. He's never a loser. Just look in the files. So I rise my glass, saluting the gods above. After years of pain, my spirit is free like a dove. The first part especially got that by my side each curve every mile. He's never a loser. Just look in the file. So that doesn't lose. And I don't know if you've heard him say this, but it's a famous Jim Ross quote. He says father time is undefeated meaning basically every man falls to father time at some point. And I think this is what they're talking about here. So the Valquist brothers who are still in heavy load and have been there the entire time, uh, steer Bjorn Valquist and uh, Ranya Valquist, so that's the drummer and the guitarist, and both of them do vocals on various songs. Um, they're both kind of mainstays in heavy load since the early days, but they are 63 and... 68 respectively so you know they're kind of the older rockers you know and uh just looking at those lyrics it's kind of reflecting on their career reflecting on their lives saying uh, where like i've never heard the phrase before i've got death by my side you know it's basically saying like we know that death is coming uh, each curve every mile He's never a loser. Just look in the files. Death doesn't lose. Death always wins. And it's coming for everybody. It's certainly coming for us. This is our last go around. And he's saying, So I rise my glass, saluting the gods above. After years of pain, my spirit is free like a dove. And for a comeback album, a band who's been off the scene for 40 years, those lyrics are just so powerful. And to me, I listen to songs four or five or six times sometimes without ever even considering looking at the lyrics, especially in the digital age, I just kind of listen to them. I let them sink in, I soak them in and then I actually kind of maybe open the booklet if I have the CD or maybe look up online the lyrics. And I find oftentimes when you do, you have such a deeper understanding of the song. And I know that's such an obvious thing to say, but I think it's a step missing maybe since, you know, streaming became the norm or whatever way you listen to music digitally became the norm. You forget sometimes, and I certainly do, to actually read the lyrics, and it really changes the whole scope of a song. I reckon
1: those are some badass lyrics, aren't they? With death by my side, like holy shit, man!
0: Mm. It's kind of like an alternate take of "I've got time on my side," but you don't like it. In this case, it's like "I've got death by my side." It's like Jesus Christ! It's like the lingering fucking specter of death, and like they're only in their sixties, you know, and like rock stars these days can go on to their eighties, whatever. But at the same time. Their peak, their like their prime was 40 years ago. So they're not oblivious to that. Yeah. So I just thought they were really, really strong lyrics. Um and Father Time is undefeated, as Jim Ross says. I haven't
1: heard that Jim Ross quote. <laughs> uh I, I can always trust you to sneak in a nice wrestling reference. <laughs> <laughs> I think
0: i know but i I, do you know what i think he says it more in his podcast i don't know if you've ever listened to grilling jr have you uh no i haven't okay right so it's it's not bad like I, i don't listen to it much anymore but it's more something he'd say on that where you're like often like so they'll pick him and the host um they'll pick a period of time and they'll focus on a particular event and it might be the career of x wrestler and you know that person oftentimes has died since you know or whatever you know sure. um and he'll be like well you know father time is undefeated <laughs> but it's, it's it's a real kind of regular quote of his but uh, i really like it it's because it's so true but anyway i just want to play the chorus here because the chorus is fantastic so one second go yeah. Actually, gonna let it go into the solos because they're unbelievable.
1: Do it. It's brilliant. Yeah. Hey Fergal, is this the best ever album any artist has released after a 40-year gap?
0: <laughs> well, I don't know if there'll be too many entrants into that competition. No, really. but... I don't think so,
1: but <laughs> wow, it's just that's not what you expect. And I mean, there's been there's been plenty of hype in the metal community about Holy cow, Band X is releasing an album after being broken up after 10 or 15 years, Mm. and now it seems like Heavy Load is just coming in and blowing away that sort of Guinness World Record, so to speak, saying, hey, it's been 40 years and we got it, okay?
0: Do you know what I appreciate about them is that if you look at the booklet and I have it here in front of me, it says recorded at Thunderload Studios between 1986 and 2023. So they're being honest enough to admit that some of these songs are from the past. Now, uh, other bands aren't necessarily that honest. I remember when that new Van Halen album came out in whatever it was, 2012 or something, different kind of truth. And, you know, we all thought we were getting a new Van Halen album, but it transpired over time that... Most of those songs dated back from, you know, the original incarnation of the David Lee Roth era of Van Halen. And they were actually all old songs and they kind of pasted some new lyrics over them, whatever. That's not to say that that's wrong or bad or whatever. But what I appreciate about Heavy Load is they had the honesty to admit on the booklet that, yeah, some of these songs were recorded in, uh, you know, 37 years ago. Some of them were recorded this year. So I like that about them as well.
1: That is interesting. Uh, Mm. And the album doesn't sound disjointed at all. For having parts of it being recorded in the past, it's one thing to take songs so, or even song ideas that have been laying around and then uh revive them for a fresh recording. But since you said it's been recorded between '86 and now, yeah, that means like there's some studio sessions. Right? Maybe not a whole song. Maybe it's just a. Guitar part that someone played perfect in 1986, and they didn't want to re record that part. Right.
0: well, for ex- for example, one of the songs "Valhalla Warriors, that's been kind of doing the rounds for years now. Like there's been versions of that online and stuff. But the interesting thing about that is, is that they used analog equipment that existed in 1983 um, or 1986 to record this album. So it was all entirely recorded on analog. If you go on their website, they have photos of the, you know, the mixing desk and everything. And it's all ancient looking equipment and it was all recorded on tape as well. So it's like completely recorded as if they went into the studio in 1986 after whatever those aborted sessions were and kept going and then finished the album. So there probably isn't that much of a disparity between the material recorded back then and now. And, um, and you know, the vocals are still spot on as well. So.
1: Yep. Yeah, they did it, man, a 40 year gap. And even though it might not totally be a 40 year gap, if they had some intervening recordings, but Hey, I, I, mm. It's 40 years since the last time they released music. And, you know, if they were sitting on this stuff for so long and still felt like it was good enough to put out, then more power to them. Because, you know, in 86, they didn't release an album. They might have looked at the music they had then and said, it's not good enough. Yeah. But years down the road, they decided maybe it is good enough after all and that's pretty interesting
0: certainly is and uh, there's one final bit of it i'd like to play it's the final verse of the song and it's just these lyrics as well really spoke to me um and they kind of jumped out at me the first time i heard the song and like i didn't really catch them all you know you don't catch everything that the singer is singing, but when i read them they, they meant a lot to me so here's the final piece i want to play
2: it's been you-
0: So just in case you didn't get that listener, he says between you and me, I'll never get old between me and my fate is an endless road. Some of us tonight are going to crash, burn, die in flame, another face race legend going down the drain. And then followed on from that is the chorus, which is ride the night riding glory road. So what I think they're saying is they are not another face race legend going down the drain. In fact, between you and us, they will never get old. So, and it's an endless road. So I think this is a fucking beautiful song. It's, Perfectly appropriate for an opening track and a comeback album after forty years, and I just think the lyrics are poetic, and I think the guitar solos are brilliant, and it's just a, 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 like, you know, if you're a musician and you still have things to say, don't hang up your boots, get into the recording studio and do it, because oftentimes there's gold there to be mined.
1: I couldn't have said that any better. That's a great endorsement of Heavy Load, and this is an album that you ought to check out. And if there's any other bands out there that are going to release music after a long gap, then uh, something like this just goes to show that it could be worthwhile and you shouldn't hang it up as a band if you think you still have good ideas.
0: Absolutely, and there's other great songs in that as well. Like, I mean, I, I chose that song because it was... The one that was released as a single, but there's uh Valhalla Warriors is an unbelievable song. There's a beautiful ballad towards the end called Sail Away. It's really worth your time. Give it a listen. You won't regret it. If you've never listened to Heavy Load before, it doesn't matter. Just listen to this album and then go back and listen to the other ones. They've actually released uh, Death or Glory and Stronger Than Evil on Spotify very recently due to popular demand. Like actually due to popular demand. Uh, they had nothing on Spotify for a long time. So They've listened to people and they've put their stuff up on streaming services. So, you know, if that's the way you consume music, go and get it. It's better to have listened to them, even just on streaming services than never at all. So if they're happy to put it up there, you should be happy to listen to it. Anyway, after that lengthy uh, focus on heavy load there, I'm going to pass it back again to you, George, for your next highlight of 2023.
1: Well said. All right. I don't know if I have a good transition from heavy load to the next album. So here it is. <laughs> this is green Wong.
0: Oh, yes. Excellent.
1: Have you listened to green Wong, Fergal?
0: Well, yes, only recently. So this album was getting a lot of mentions online and uh, I, I got to a certain point where I couldn't ignore it anymore. So I did listen to green long. I listened to the latest album, uh, the hidden land, this hidden land, and um, I really enjoyed it. So I'm, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this one, oh,
1: man. Green Wong is one of the best young bands going right now. Uh, They're from the UK. This is their third album. They also have an EP that was really good. Uh, This is probably the one that's going to be the most widely appealing music they've written yet. Uh, When they started, they were Hmm. very much a heavy and nasty stoner doom band. And now they're striking a nice crossroads in between that and some traditional heavy metal. Uh, They've been signed to a much bigger label when they put out their second album. And with this new third album, it looks like they're only set to grow their stature. They've been on a steady rise since they first started. And for this album in particular, I think it's going to hit and it's going to resonate with a lot of feckin' metal listeners.
0: Excellent. So any particular song you'd like to play from this?
1: Yeah, and actually, let's go crazy. Let's do two clips from this album. Okay. Let's uh let's start it with Maxine Witch Queen. Uh one of my two favorites.
0: fantastic stuff um i don't know what that is is that synth in there i think it is synth that's kind of the main kind of leading melody in that good keyboards but um it's really good yeah or a keyboard yeah yeah
1: it's uh it's something that i think ghost fans would enjoy too
0: i was just gonna say it sounds quite similar to ghost but you, the, the heaviness is still there it's probably a bit heavier than ghost maybe well i mean so it's heavier than some ghosts anyway
1: pretty similar yep uh if you didn't get the vibe it's very occulty mm. uh they start out with the very first line. Do you remember those midsummer nights at Aldry edge? Aldry edge is a medieval England mining town and a small town that's existed for millenniums. It's been a mining town for a long, long time. So they are into that whole witchy folklore, especially, uh, England-based or UK-based uh, mm. folklore, and they have
0: well, sure. That's where all the um, the witch trials were and all that, you know. It's yeah, all, you know, You're right. That evil England.
1: Yep. Uh, I don't know if Maxine was actually a witch queen that was put on trial, or it's just a the name they came up with, but.
0: Uh, the, well, I mean, the, no one was actually a witch, George. <laughs> oh, well, they listen, don't exist. Uh, ye of little faith, Virgil. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: man. Well, uh, I, I that's a great song, and I hope it gives you a good idea of whether or not you'd like the band. But actually, let's go on to the next song on this album, which will give you something a little different. Uh, one for Sorrow. This is where you're going to really hear their doom metal and stoner rock roots
0: okay so when i was listening to this this was the one that stood out for me and i favorited it so i'm glad you picked this one so one for sorrow do you know what speaks to me as like 80s low-budget horror film synth and i love it
1: yeah it's got that sound but once it gets going oh man
0: fucking fantastic great chorus so good do you know what when he's singing the chorus there and he goes i have always been and he goes up that note it reminds me of ozzy Osbourne, actually he reminds me of like uh, blizzard it. of oz or diary of a madman it's just the same type of note progression he would have done in a, a chorus or something like that i was like but also kind of similar to Sounding to Tobias Forge from Ghost as well. And obviously, if you've got the Doomy music in the background. It's really good shit. Yeah, I love it.
1: I even hear Ozzy in the voice.
0: Yeah, in oh, the voice as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: On the chorus. Now that, yeah, now that you're mentioning it.
0: Early Ozzy solo period. Not necessarily Sabbath Ozzy and not necessarily later Ozzy, but those eighty eighty one period Ozzy songs. That's what I hear there.
1: Just so you know. I am listening to some Black Sabbath once we get off this call.
0: <laughs> Very good. What are you going to listen to?
1: Ah, fuck, I'm going to listen to uh, the first six.
0: All right. It's a, quite a it's quite a task. No other plans for this evening, then. <laughs> I've
1: been feeling like I need to anyway, because uh, it's been a while since I listened to Sabbath, and now I'm in the mood. But uh, we're not here to talk about Sabbath. You had a whole arc for that on Feckin' Metal. <laughs> we're here to talk about 2023 releases. And what's the next one?
0: Okay, so the next one I have is a band called Amethyst. They're a Swiss band, and they've only released one EP. Uh, I became familiar with them from the release of that EP, and also because they were added to the lineup of Keep It True Rising 3, which I was going to. And uh, this EP is called Rock Knights. That's K-N-I-G-H-T-S. And it was released in uh, March 2023 so it's like you know towards the start of the year Um so this is a five piece from Switzerland although the singer was born in Germany and moved to Switzerland in 2019 so he's not Swiss although he lives there and then another one of the band members as well was born in Germany as well so it's kind of a German Swiss band uh, they opened up at Keep It True Rising I can't remember, it was the first, I think it was the first day, actually, and I went down and I made sure that I saw them, and they were fucking brilliant. Um, yeah, but uh, again, you know, being the kind of weirdo that I am, I was like, what does amethyst mean? So um, I'm not sure if you're aware of what an amethyst is, George, are you? You've known everything else.
1: That's a type of gem, ain't it?
0: <laughs> did you know that from looking it up, or did you know that anyway?
1: I know. I've heard of amethysts. It's uh, a, okay. yeah. And it's a uh, purple, right?
0: Yes, it's a purple gemstone. Very good. Uh, oh, you know, I love that
1: color. So why would I not know what an amethyst is? Yeah, right?
0: I do. That's true. So so again, something I'd never heard of, but at least, you know, I'm proving myself ignorant here, but at least I'm demonstrating the fact that when I c- encounter something that I don't know, I at least go and look it up. Um, so an amethyst, yeah, it's a violet variety of quartz, actually, uh, to be specific. And um, it derives its name from the Greek word amethyst. Husthus, which means not intoxicated, which is interesting for an up-and-coming new wave of traditional heavy metal band. The gems, purple colours represent purity of spirit. Its purplish and reddish hues represent the chastening and purifying effects of suffering. Some believe the colours alluded to the wounds of suffering of Christ. Uh, Thus amethysts were used to aid the healing of wounds. The part that I'm going to take from that is purity of spirit because... Amethyst are the most pure sounding hard rock slash slightly new wave of British heavy metal band in sound. Obviously, they're not from Britain and they're not from the late 1970s, but they're the most pure in sound band that's striving for that type of uh, subgenre that I've heard in a very, very long time. So, what I'm going to take from that lengthy description there is purity of spirit. This song is the opening track from their EP, which is called Rock Nights K and I G H T S. It's called Chasing Shadows. So, have a listen to the intro here. that sounds like some 70s hard rock right there actually it sounds kind of like the rory gallagher song bad penny i don't know if you're familiar with that one but kind of reminds me of the opening of that song
1: oh that's uh that's not familiar to me but i'm hearing uh 70s guitar sound in that it reminds me a little bit about of that song race with the devil uh but that's a little obscure man i who's that by it's by the gun uh, it's better known by their girl school or judas priest covers of that
0: song oh, okay no i've never heard of it okay very good but now i feel when it plays again here just after that part i played to me this is like pure new wave of british heavy metal like something like angel witch or something similar so have a listen here So I wanted to stop it just before the vocals came in. But um, yeah, what did you make of that? And and is this something you'd actually listen to yourself throughout here as well?
1: You've recommended me Amethyst a few times. And when I've tried it out, it didn't really hit me. But now these clips that, in this context, they're sounding good. And maybe I just have to be in the right mood to hear it. But this is just it, it's checking all of my boxes musically.
0: Yes, yeah, so I'm going to play the vocals here. So um, again, reminds me of like new wave or British heavy metal style vocalist. It, it kind of reminds me of again of Angel Witch, actually. Oh, Go back into that kind of riff again but um the chorus comes in a bit later so here's the chorus
2: chasing shadow, chasing
0: Not the most mind blowing chorus I've heard, even tonight on the clips we've played. But at the same time, there's so much promise with this band, and I think they have so much more to give that I'll forgive them for a kind of rudimentary chorus in the opening track to their first album or their first EP.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I mean, you don't need a flashy showboaty chorus all the time. Sometimes it's good to keep it simple.
0: Exactly. It's catchy, you know, and then it leads into this, which is a fucking animal set of guitar solos. Anyway, that's uh, all the clips I have from that one. Beautiful solo, too. Yeah, it's 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 really good stuff and the, the other three songs in that are great as well. So, there you go, yeah. It's Chasing Shadows and it's from Rock Knights, the EP released in 2023. Highly recommend giving that one a listen.
1: Very nice pick, Virgo. I like that. And, hey, is that your EP of the year? It must be, right?
0: No, no. Not necessarily. I have some others as well. Um that were pretty good uh spectre s-p-e-c-t-r-e and i don't even have any notes on them i think i might have shared it with you though uh i only found this later on
1: i think they changed their name to the spectre now
0: okay uh on spotify they're still listed as spectre here but anyway oh
1: i might be thinking of the wrong spectre no
0: are you thinking of are you thinking of scepter
1: oh yeah i think i am Spectre, Scepter, <laughs> uh, these bands, they get hard.
0: So Scepter was um, a Canadian band, which one of the guys... From Ottawa. Yeah, so Andrew DePrize's friend. So they're good as well. But no, the other band was Spectre, um, S-B-E-C-T-R-E, and they released an EP this year as well called Lonesome Gambler. It was released in July, and I only found out about it in like December. So that was probably one of my EPs of the year as well. That's brilliant. And then I don't know, there's another band called Drifter. They released kind of a two track, probably a single really, but it's not really an A side and a B side. It's kind of a two songs, um, basically that are equally worthy of one another so that was another shorter release as well which i really liked that had a gambling team to it as well there's like a poker hand on the cover of that and that's called beggar's ransom so i'm not going to play clips from those because you can't play everything but um, if you want to hear about other eps that i liked drifter beggar's ransom and uh, specter lonesome gambler so there you go
1: very good well i think we've got time for some more don't we we certainly do yeah, I, Virgil, I don't think this is going to be a one-part episode.
0: No, I think it's going to be a 2 part People are going to be waiting a long time for Neil Kay. But anyway, I'll get to that in a bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, hey, we have to talk about my band of the year. Uh, not my album of the year, my band of the year. For me, it was King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. I know they have a ridiculous name. Uh, Get past it. This band is amazing. Since 2011 or 2012, when they formed, they've done 25 full length albums.
0: That's insane.
1: Most of them. Yeah. Uh, it's a release output that puts Haunt to shame. And for the most part, they sound pretty darn different from each other. Yeah. They'll make a psychedelic rock album and follow it up with a soft rock album and then a collaboration with a jazz artist, Mm. and then they'll do a thrash metal album. It's totally insane.
0: And can you tell me the name of that album, George? Well, (laughs) uh, most people would just
1: call it Petrodragonic Apocalypse. The full name is a little just ridiculous. Petrodragonic Apocalypse, or Dawn of the Eternal Night, An Annihilation of Planet Earth and the Beginning of Merciless Damnation.
0: Yeah, rolls off the tongue.
1: Doesn't it? But... (laughs) ridiculous names aside this is some of the most interesting, innovative thrash metal you're going to hear all year and I think I know the perfect song for us to play a clip from. It's got to be Witchcraft, man.
0: Yeah, well again this is the one that stood out to me when I listened to the album and again it was only recently I listened to it I only listened to it in December, like Green Lung and several other things actually I discovered in December but here we go, let's play Witchcraft from, I'm not going to read that album title you know what I'm talking about (laughs)
2: Summer's breeze was A supercell rages and froth, A vortex, a bubble boiled witchcraft. Slow upon one sable wall And when the moon does wane and die. A ragged coven cut things performing incantations now, witchcraft. Tax me with eyes of fire, gentle so Blood. Take the gods up on the ground Crucifixion, get at this small Bible bird with aerosol A witchcraft
0: That's some fucking really good stuff. The vocals, especially, speak to me. I don't know the the vocal style jumps out at me. It's it's not quite a growl. It's not clean, but there is the perfect amount of coarseness for it.
1: Very thrash metal appropriate kind of vocals where it's not totally clean, but it's not it's not a growl.
0: Are we calling that thrash metal though? What we just heard there, are you, are you you know, I, yeah,
1: I... Well. It's pretty debatable, I guess.
0: but It seemed to me, it seemed far too bouncy to be thrash metal.
1: Yeah, you know, that's definitely the bounciest and catchiest song on the record. And I think mm. other songs here would probably fit the thrash metal mold better.
0: As I did listen to the album and I was talking to you about it and you mentioned afterwards, blah, 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 thrash metal. And I said, um, Jesus, I didn't even consider that as trash metal. I didn't consider it as anything. I suppose I was just listening to it, um, but it's, it, I don't know. It just doesn't slot into that category easily for me anyway. um. But I know all of their albums are genre jumping and whatever. So, you know, you know, there's plenty of different things at play there, but yeah, that, that was a great song. I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. And I'm glad you liked it. And there's more great stuff on this album. And for anyone who's never heard King Gizzard before, This is a band you can really sink your teeth into. Mm. They're my band of the year because 2023 was the year that I went all the way down the rabbit hole and checked out their discography and started to really appreciate the different sounds that they would try out and be mostly successful at. Uh, Mm. A lot of people don't have any desire to go back and check out 25 different albums that's okay, too. Mm. You can check out as much or as little as you want. They're good like that. Uh, you can you can get a buddy who is into King Gizzard and ask them, what album would I like? Mm. And if you're listening to Feckin' Metal, the answer is probably going to be this new one, Petrojogronic Apocalypse.
0: Okay, so I'm just having a look here at their discography. So 25 albums since 2011 so they released 1 in 2011, 1 in 2012, 1 in 2013, 2 in 2013, 2 in 2014, 2 in 2015. So that's kind of fairly okay, you know, that's like a 70s hard rock band. Um 1 in 2016, fine. 2017, they released five albums. 2019, two albums, 2020, three albums, 2021, two albums. Uh, actually, one of those 2020 ones was a was a live one. 2021 Two albums, 2022, one, two, three, four, five, six, six albums in 2022. And in 2023, they released two albums. That's absolutely insane.
1: Like I said, an output that puts hot to shame. Mm. They are, they're always writing and recording. They never quit. And it comes from, I think, a place of musical ambition because they just want to keep making music and keep trying more things. And if they did only release an album every year or two, then I think they would still have their fan base and be successful, but they just, they sort of go above and beyond. They give us a lot of stuff to listen to.
0: Mm. I mean, other than back in the, I don't know, 1950s, and no, actually, I don't know of any band in any era that has been as prolific as this. It doesn't. I can't think of any example whatsoever in all of any knowledge of any music that I know. <laughs> uh, it's mental. I'm looking at them on, on Encyclopedia Metallum here. It's fucking nuts. Did they play live a lot?
1: Oh yeah. And they're known to be a really good live band. They play uh, set lists that mostly focus on their heavier songs and but they do get a good cross-section of their different kind of material. Some of that jam band rock, some of that psych rock and proggy stuff Mm. to go alongside the metal stuff. So you get a, just like their discography is diverse. Their live shows have a bit of a broad, diverse sound as well.
0: Yeah. Very good. Okay. Uh, I don't think I'm ever going to go and, Go the whole log and listen to all their albums. I just don't think I have the time. It, it's a lot. It's a lot, and it's not feels like, yeah. like you know, it feels like you'd never listen to Bob Dylan or something, and then you wanted to, you know, listen to him, but like that music was recorded over a period of fifty years <laughs> or sixty years or something.
1: Dude, it's pretty crazy. I'm I'm seeing King Gizzard when they are coming over to New York in. August or September this year. And it's pretty wild for me to think that by the time they get here, there's going to be another new album or two, probably.
0: Uh, it's nuts. I don't know how, Like, me people ask bands, how do you pick your set list? Jesus Christ. They must have 250 songs already. Anyway, right. Okay. Moving on to me now. I don't really have as detailed choices as I had uh, earlier on because I made kind of more detailed notes about initial choices I had there but uh, this band has been stalking me on Spotify uh, all year and frankly I'm about to call the police because it's getting serious Uh, this band is called High Spirits and um, Mm. anytime I put on a song about any fucking band you know you know when you just put on one song on Spotify and then you know it plays what it thinks you might want to hear afterwards well for some reason with me it's always High Spirits and it's pretty much always this song it's called Till the End of Time Anyway, yeah. High Spirits have been stalking me on Spotify and calling the police uh, because every bloody time a recommended song comes on, it's um, I really do like them. I don't know them as well as I know other bands. Um, but that song is from the album Safe on the Other Side, which was released in 2023 and they're actually formed in 2009 and they're one of these weird bands that um Chris Black is the main guy in the band basically like Trevor from haunt has been at times and he plays all instruments and records the vocals and he just basically has touring musicians which is insane but there you go
1: Chris Black he is very talented he's also the in he's also the man behind the band Dawnbringer another excellent traditional heavy metal band who will be at this year's Hell's Heroes. So this guy knows what he's about. Oh, man. Well, uh, let Uh. me recommend you an album to listen to later because they've made some great stuff.
0: Please do. Uh,
1: uh, This is from 2010. It's called Nucleus. And uh, go with the opening track so much for sleep. I think that it'll really hit you, man.
0: Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, yeah. And I'm only getting used to high spirits. Like I've, I've dipped in and out of them over the years. Like, so, you know, they've had a considerable number of albums released, but I've never kind of given them the full treatment, if you know what I mean. Like I've never kind of gone, right, I'm going to listen to all your albums. But um, there's one other song that's been stalking me this year. It's them as well. I know it's not from 2023, but I feel I have to play it because it actually has been stalking me all year. And it's this. Sorry about that. I know it's breaking the rules of this episode, but that is from the high spirits album hard to stop, which was released in 2020. But this is another song that keeps coming up on my Spotify and I love it. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. But um, God, I must have listened to this song about 50 times this year. Just not and I'm never actually choosing to put it on. But it's the way it goes. High spirits is great, man. And if you
1: mm. are a listener and you haven't heard of them then hopefully these songs have sold you because they've got a lot of music that sounds a lot like this and it's all quality, man.
0: All right, so we're almost at the end of our album or EP or just release highlights of 2023. I think you have one more though you want to discuss, George, so I'll throw it back to you again.
1: Sure, and this is an album that I know that we both love outsider by night demon
0: absolutely yes and i actually i managed to see them twice within 2023 as well so uh, it's fresh in my mind
1: hey me too me too man excellent great live band and these new songs they're coming across great in the live setting my favorite i think is beyond the grave but when i first was listening to the album the one that jumped out to me right away was obsidian
0: okay yeah
1: yeah so if we're gonna do a clip i say let's go with obsidian right from the beginning love that riff
0: let me cue it up okay here's obsidian from outsider by night demon which was released in march 2023 actually on saint patrick's day so there you go yeah so that's a fantastic opening riff on that song and it's funny though because like initially when you hear it you're thinking oh this is quite heavy for night demon but then i think about 20 seconds in it gets that signature night demon sound which they now have i will say for sure i don't don't know what it is it's like whatever way they they you know whatever pedals they have on their guitars or whatever it is that armand is playing it's like that's night demon and you can tell you know it's they have their signature sound
1: they really do their secret sauce is how they create a harmonization between the guitar and the bass by playing the high notes on the bass and the low notes on the guitar in the same pattern. And so it sounds like they're playing a guitar harmony, even though they only have one guitarist. So they have a really cool signature technique that makes them sound like Night Demon. And this new album, Outsider, is a step up for them because it's actually a concept album and I won't get into the whole story because some people might not care and anyone who wants to know they can go listen to Jarvis's podcast and hear him describe it himself but <laughs> I mean it's uh it's always ambitious to try and tell a story through songwriting and in addition to these being great songs that you can listen to on their own if you listen to the album in full, which is not demanding because it's only 35 ish minutes, then you'll get to hear a complete yeah. twilight zone esque sci-fi story that Jarvis wrote. And it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. This is an excellent album. I mean, they're a brilliant live band you know, I'll always support night demon and go and see them. And somehow they've en- ended up playing Ireland like multiple times over the years. Um, well, obviously he's kind of living here half the year now right. as well, but, um, yeah, like when I when I went to see Night Demon, their songs from this were just as popular as their hits in inverted commas. You know, obviously they don't really have any hits because they're an underground heavy metal band. But like, they were just as popular as those songs that have stood the test of time in the you know thirteen years that they've been a band. When Outsider came on. Uh, people were going mental for Outsider. Right. So, you know, this album has been a hit, I reckon, amongst my Night Demon fans. And there were plenty of people at that gig. I was at the Michael Shanker gig, and I assume many of the other stops they played on that tour who were there solely to see Michael Shanker. I know a couple of friends of mine who were there pretty much solely to see Michael Shanker. But they watched Night Demon and they enjoyed Night Demon, and the crowd really got into them. For that show and it was great to see them in a support slot really getting the attention of the crowd because you don't always get that when you're a supporting band to a legacy act and i really noticed and i was looking around as i always do um i was looking around and i noticed people really really getting into that and especially getting into the newer songs as well so yeah a great album by night demon and i think we're going to talk about that in greater detail on a, on a later episode so let's not shed too much light on our thoughts on that album uh, at this juncture
1: yeah we didn't get night demon in our three from 23 but this album is so good i just felt like i had to talk about it
0: well that's not to say we we can't still do three from 23 in 2024 you know there is no real book
1: well hey man that's a good point point. and hey if we're gonna be revisiting this then i think i'll save some more of my thoughts for later
0: Excellent. OK, so that's kind of our highlights of the albums and EPs we listened to in 2023. A lot of stuff there to sink your teeth into. Yeah, I think we gave a, a great cross section of of metal released in 2023, probably veering more towards traditional heavy metal. But, you know, this is feckin metal and that's what I tend to focus on. And I appreciate you bringing in some other, you know, outside kind of subgenres as well because there's probably a lot of listeners who listen to this wondering if i'm ever gonna fucking stop talking about the new wave of traditional <laughs> heavy metal <laughs> and I, I, I don't blame them and the answer is <laughs> if
1: if that's the case what are they listening for <laughs>
0: no. but the answer is probably not uh no I, of course i'll focus on old school metal bands and um you know maybe obscure metal bands but uh primarily it's 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 uh well, I, I, I don't really know anymore i suppose it's 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 a mix of stuff um but traditional heavy metal is really the mission statement of feckin metal and it kind of always has been yeah good stuff all right well look um thanks very much george appreciate you coming on as always this has been great and uh i look forward to chatting to you in the future
1: thank you fergal uh that's the luck on the editing, bro.
0: <laughs> Thanks very much. This is going to be the most clips I've ever put into anything in my life. But yeah, I'll be all right. I've, you know, I've kind of had an education in clip editing over the last year or so, so I'll be grand.
1: Very good. All right. I will talk to you again soon, man. Cheers. Cheers.
0: All right, so that was the final part of my conversation with George back from the 13th of January, and this is the third installment, and final installment of our review of the year 2023 in Heavy Metal. I would just like to say a thank you to George at this juncture. I really appreciate the lengthy conversation that we had, the research and preparation you put in to that conversation so that we had a really nicely flowing episode with lots of different clips to play and points to raise and conversation topics as well and i appreciate that you brought a different flavor to feckin metal talking about death metal for example i particularly enjoyed the chat we had in this episode about death metal not something that i really listen to or i'm interested in but i do have a curiosity about it and you definitely helped to Help me understand how people can go from, like you said, thinking this is the worst sounding thing in the world to actually really appreciating death metal. So that was very interesting for me. And that's going to do it, though, for for this series. This is the third of three, as I said, and I am going to be coming at you with an interview with Neil Kay, which I've promised but haven't yet delivered. But it is on the way after this. So look forward to that. It'll like this probably be in three parts because it was a lengthy discussion If you would like to contact me on Twitter, it's at FeckinMetalCast. And I'm going to finish up this one with a song that's completely unrelated to the topic of the last three episodes, but something I've been playing today because, as I said, as I speak, it's still the 31st of January, and an album that's celebrating its 30th birthday today is cross purposes by black sabbath with of course the one and only tony martin on vocals i've always been a fan of that album and i've particularly always been a fan of this song cross of thorns so let's celebrate the 30th anniversary of cross purposes by playing out with this song i've been your host for trainer and i will see you next time